Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. As we dive into tonight's content and assignment that we have from the Lord, I want to share with you how this came about. My heart was just heavy for people that are behind on their bills, people that are believing God to be current, people that want certain debts and certain consistent payments that's been over decades long to to go away. And then my heart went out to people that maybe are financially free, but they're believing God for extra, for increase, for more. And uh, as I was praying about this, the Lord spoke to me and, and I bounced it off a couple of friends and fellow pastors and, and he said, have a supernatural debt cancellation service. And I had never heard that term before and prayed about it. And on the walk around my neighborhood, the Lord told me to do it. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to build your faith where a supernatural debt cancellation is concerned. I hope you brought your bills with you, or one bill, not all your bills, one bill, paper bill with you. Uh, I sent out uh, in a blog uh, to people that, you know, that, that are living outside of the North Carolina, and a lot of people sent back like a bill, like, hey, pray over this bill, and I'm behind on this, or I want to be current on this, or I, I want to pay this off, and I'm believing God. So what we're doing is of God. This is not something that I just ate some pizza and I came up with on my own and decided, you know, let's go ahead and have a debt cancellation service. No, the Lord told us to do this. And I'm believing for some supernatural things to occur. I've done some, a lot of praying, I've done some study today. And so faith begins where the will of God is known. And so we're going to have to know what the will of God is so that faith can be activated in our life. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that there's a special anointing from you tonight. And Father, we just ask that as your word is being taught tonight, that barriers, burdens, obstacles that are in the way will just be cleared out and that there will be a breakthrough that will take place and we will be financially free. We will be debt free. We will be current in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. Now say this after me. Faith begins, Faith begins where the will of God is known. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, the Apostle Paul tells us that God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, I want you to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth because these words are going to penetrate your heart and uh, invoke change in your life. And we know that word grace is the word favor, right? When we see the word grace, we have, we've learned this month to translate into the word favor. And so God is able to make all favor abound toward you. The New Living Translation says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. 
Now we're reading the will of God. This is the will of God that we will have everything we need and plenty left over to share with others. Appropriately, this is the reason for prosperity, so that we can have everything we need and share with others. The Amplified Version says, And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Glory to God. So that you may always, these are absolute words, and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Glory be to God. Somebody say, that's me. I mean, when you hear all of these absolute words in here, God wants you to be self-sufficient, not, not needing aid or support from anyone else. Glory be to God. He's able to make all favor come to us in abundance. I like the Passion Translation says, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Now remember, grace is favor. He wants to overwhelm us with every form of favor so that you say, that's me will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. This is prosperity. You have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Glory be to God. God wants us to be in abundance. He wants us to have more and he wants us to share what we have in abundance with each other, with people, with a family, with friends, with the church family, wherever the case may be. He wants us to have more than enough. This is the will of God. In Romans 13, 8, Paul tells us in the New King James Version, owe no man anything except to love one another. Owe no one anything except to love one another. In the New Living Translation, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. And I like what the Amplified says, keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. And so when we find out what the will of God is, the will of God is for us to have all sufficiency in all things that we may abound to every good work. The will of God is that we owe no one anything, just simply to love them, and that we keep out of debt. That's, this is the will of God. Now, I do want to take a moment to talk to you about borrowing, and uh, borrowing or biblical borrowing is not a sin. Let me say it again. Biblical borrowing is not a sin. Scripture actually talks to us about borrowing. Uh, in, in a lot of in a lot of places in Scripture, it is um, there's a command to borrow. There's a there's a suggestion to borrow. Matter of fact, in Second Kings chapter four, you remember the lady with who was under a lot of pressure, a lot of debt, and her husband had died and left her with a lot of debt, and the creditors came. God through the the prophet Elijah tells her to go borrow. Go borrow a bunch of vessels. So biblical borrowing is not a sin. Um, several years ago, we were living in our home 
in, in our first home that Stacy and I had, and it was getting small because we kept having a lot of kids. And, uh, and the children kept coming, so the house was getting really small. And, and at the time, it was during a recession, the Great Recession, and everybody was upside down on their homes. I remember that. If we all were upside down. We, that means we owed more than it was worth. And if we were to move, I was going to have to sell that home at a, uh, you know, I, I think it was like $12,000 at that point, upside down. I was going to have to sell it at a loss. And the Lord started talking to Stacy and started talking to me about buying a new home. And I thought, man, this is the worst time to do it. But to cut a long story short, we ended up doing that. We ended up buying a new home and we still had that home under our jurisdiction, you know, under our responsibility. But my parents moved to Charlotte, which was awesome because they needed a place to stay. And I told them to stay in my home, which was cool. So they stayed in my home. They stayed in my home for about six years while we lived in the house we're in now. And then they ended up moving and I ended up selling that home at a major profit. The time changed and we made a lot of money in selling that home. What do I mean? God can tell you to borrow. Biblical borrowing is not a sin, but it is risky. It is risky because borrowing can put you in debt. Now, biblical debt means you cannot repay. Now, now understand, borrowing, biblical borrowing means you're going to borrow and you're going to repay. Biblical debt is you cannot repay. Do you remember in 2 Kings chapter 6? Matter of fact, let's read that. We got time. 2 Kings chapter 6. Turn there and meet me at verse 1. I like this in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 1. It says here, One day the group of prophets came to Elijah and told him, As you can see, this place where we meet is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Verse 3, please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said, so he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. Look at verse 5. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall, the man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick, threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elijah said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. What I want you to understand, the axe was borrowed. He was concerned because he would not be able to repay if the axe was lost. And so biblical debt means I cannot repay. And what God did in this situation was stop the man with the borrowed axe from getting into debt. This is what God did. He stopped the man from getting into debt. This is why he did something supernatural. Throwing a stick on the water don't make an axe head flow, okay? That is a miracle that the axe head was returned. So I want you to understand some of the definitions when we talk about borrowing. You can borrow, but it is risky because it will put you at a place that you cannot repay. Uh, many, well, 2018, 2018, we, I went to get our car, uh, looked at, and uh, one of the people there said, why are you here at the dealership? 
Why don't you uh, go come look at some of these new cars? They, Adrian, they did you the same way, huh? Come look. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll go look at some new cars. And I said, I'm not buying nothing today, but I'll look. Well, I end up looking and we get up talking. And, and many of you know that were with me back then. How many remember when I got in that car accident? I got in a really bad car accident. Somebody just hit me, totaled my car. I, I really enjoyed that Acura, but Betsy took care of me. She saved me. The airbag came out, and, and God's grace, uh, Betsy took in, Betsy took care of you too, Sierra. Betsy took care of me, and so, um, because I was sad missing missing Betsy, because you know she had been with me a long time. Well, nevertheless, I digress. And so we went. We needed to get a bigger vehicle. Our family was growing. Uh, they had a, a van. They started talking about how much the van cost, this, that, and the third. Somehow I told they wanted to run my credit, and they said, you have been approved for a 0% loan for the length of the whole term. Well, to me, that's a good deal, right? Meaning they want 30000 now or 30000 in five years. I'll give you 30000 in five years instead of giving you 30000 now. Well, what happened with that? To me, that was putting me in a borrow situation, and it's risky because what if I can't pay, right? But to me, that was sound because it was it was the same it was the same amount of money. Either I give it to you now or give it to you later. And so God can create situations and scenarios for you where you can use the world's money and benefit from the world's money. That is very possible, and through Scripture. God has told the Israelites to borrow. We talked about he told the woman to borrow. He has told some people to borrow. But I want you to see something here in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And let's look at verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. I encourage you to read Deuteronomy 28. Just read the whole chapter. It's a really good chapter. But look at the New King James Version. It says here, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. This is interesting. So there are times God can tell you to borrow, but here, and I believe this is his best, that he wants us to be the lender and not the borrower, right? The message translation, now listen to this. We're going to go to the next level with the message translation. It says, you will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. Glory to God. That's next level right there. You're going to be the lender, and you're not going to go to the bank and take out a loan. You're not going to go to Pookie and Ray Ray and try to get a loan. You're not going to get a loan because God's ultimate plan, next level, is to get you to be the lender and never take out a loan. Now, I want to let you know that when you become the lender, just get ready for family and friends to be asking you for some money. (laughs) Just prepare yourself, prepare your heart. For people to walk up to you and ask for a loan and just uh, understand this, never loan more than you're willing to give away. Never loan more than you're willing to give away. I've loaned people some money and I haven't been mad, but they didn't pay me back because I was willing to give that amount of money away. So never loan more than you're willing to give away. But the next level is God wants you to be a lender and never take out a loan. Hallelujah. Somebody said, that's me. You are a lender and you won't have to take out a loan. And that's the level that I believe we're going to. 
We're going to a place where we're going to be able to get some things without even taking out a loan. Glory be to God. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, there are four scriptural ways that I have found that debt can be eliminated. And this is what we came tonight for. I wanted to build a foundation before we get into this. But four scriptural ways that debt can be eliminated. And I want to build you up so that you can begin to believe God for these bills that we brought with us to be eliminated. And the first way I found is a debt can be canceled. A debt can be canceled. In Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, this is in the New Living Translation, Deuteronomy 15, 1 and 2. It says, at the end of every seventh year, you must cancel the debts of everyone who owes you money. This is how it must be done. Everyone must cancel the loans that they have made to their fellow Israelites. They must not demand payment from their neighbors or relatives for the Lord's time of release. Say, time of release, time of release. has arrived. I believe that the Lord's time of release has arrived for you and I. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. His time of release. So a debt can be canceled. In Luke chapter 7, verses 41 through 42, Luke chapter 7, 41 through 42, it says, Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. So we see there's scriptural precedent for debts to be canceled. Your debt can be canceled. Matter of fact, say, my debt, my debt. is canceled. Now, tonight, uh, I'm, gonna build, I'm building a foundation, but I want you to participate with me because we're going to do a lot of declarations tonight over our debts and our bills. But say it one more time. My debt, my debt. Is, canceled. is canceled. Now, another way I found in Scripture where, where a debt can be eliminated is your debt can be paid in full. Your debt can be paid in full. The first way is you pay off the debt. You pay it in full. You remember in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 7. Matter of fact, go there real quick. Turn your pages over. 2 Kings chapter 4. And I want to read verses 1 through 7. I feel led to read the entire story. It's one of my favorite stories in Scripture, by the way. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. So the creditor is asking for full payment now. And this is where we, why we don't want to be in this position to where we have to owe someone and at any moment they call for the full payment right then and we don't have it. You don't want to be in that situation. I don't like owing anybody. I just can't stand it to owe somebody because I don't want to be at a point where I am a servant to the lender. And that's just me. Some people are comfortable with it, but I think God's best is that we just, we're just a servant of his and not a servant to the lender. If you agree, say amen. amen. He says, what can I do to help you in verse two? Elijah asked, tell me, what do you have in the house? It's important. 
This question is so important because your breakthrough is something that you already have in your possession. You're not waiting to get anything from anyone. You already have it. She says nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. Verse 3, Elijah said, borrow, there's that word again, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jar, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Most people don't do as they're told. Most people do what they want to do. But she did as she was told. It didn't make any sense. I just have a flask of oil. But he told me to go borrow a bunch of jars. I don't know how that makes any sense, but she obeyed. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was filled to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. What made the oil stop? When the demand stopped. When the demand for oil stopped, that's when the flow stopped. And the Lord spoke this to me sometime around 2017. He said to me, and I heard I was driving in the car, and I heard him very clearly. He said, um, I will supply your demand. I just heard that in my heart. I will supply your demand. Well, instead of trying to figure out how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that and how we're going to pay for this and how we're going to do that, I just started putting a demand out. If God's going to supply it, then, Lord, we, we need cameras in the church. Well, I remember there was one particular Sunday before we had a camera. I, I mentioned that I want to buy us, our church the first camera. And if you want to participate in that, let's be a, let's, let's, let's start, praise God. Let's start broadcasting what we're doing here. And in the mail that, that week, someone dropped the money in the, in the, in the offering. It was a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. And it said for the new camera. That was our first camera. And the Lord told me, I'm going to supply what you demand. And so the oil stopped because the demand stopped. And how often do we stop placing a demand upon God and then we wonder, where is the supply? It's just like um, A-tracks. Who, who's in demand for some A-tracks? No, nobody. Well, that's why there's no supply. Right? Because no one's demanding it. But if there was demand for something, it creates a supply. And so tonight we came in demand that this bill be paid off. Now, we're not arguing with God and, and God, you're going to do what I say. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about it with our faith. We are believing God that he's going to supply this bill and God shall supply. Now, watch this in verse uh, seven, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Notice the debt was paid by the woman. God, what God gave her was a business. She became a part of the oil business and she had to now sell the oil. Notice she wasn't sitting up kicking her legs up, eating some Doritos, and money was just flowing out of heaven into her bank account. That's not how it happened. God gave her a business, and that business was so profitable and lucrative that she paid off her debt, and she had enough remaining to live off of. And this is what God wants to do. And so one way a debt is paid in full is you pay the debt off. 
God gives you an invention, a witty idea, whatever you have in your house, you begin to utilize your gifting in the house and watch God turn that into a profit-making machine and you use that money to pay off the debt. Come on, somebody say, that's mine. Somebody say, that's me. And so one way is you pay off the debt. Another way that I've seen in scripture is someone else pays off your debt. We see here in, in, in um, Philemon 1, 18 through 19, Philemon 1, 18 through 19, Paul says this, talking about his friend. He says, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. So Paul's saying, I'm going to take care of this. Paul, I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I will repay it. And so God can move on someone else's heart to pay a debt off for you. So not only can your debt be canceled, your debt can be paid in full by you, or the Lord can move on someone else's heart and they pay a debt off for you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say, use me, Lord, to pay off someone's debt. Come on, we're going to next level thinking right here. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. A debt can be forgiven. A debt can be forgiven. We're talking about four scriptural ways debt can be eliminated. A debt can be canceled, a debt can be paid in full, and a debt can be forgiven. In Matthew 18, 27, it says, The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Your debt can be forgiven. In Matthew 6, 12, it says, Forgive us all of our what? debts. Forgive us all of our debts. The debt has been forgiven. What we owe has been forgiven as we forgive our debtors. And so understand that your debt can be forgiven. God can forgive that debt supernaturally. Glory be to God. It can be forgiven. I'm talking about next level faith here. Are you, did y'all come with faith in the house tonight? Those of you online, did you bring your faith with you? Because I'm believing God that this is the year debts are forgiven, canceled, eliminated, or just simply paid in full. Was it last year Kara Gathers paid off her student loans? Amen. Hallelujah. Paid off them student loans. God increased her and she was able to eliminate that debt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The fourth way I've seen in scripture that a debt can be eliminated is reduced. Your debt can be reduced. In Luke chapter 16, verse five through seven, this is the story of the unjust steward. It says, so he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe? The man replied, I owe 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager took him. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. So understand this man's bill reduced from 800 to 400. Hallelujah. How much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. He said, I owe him a thousand bushels of wheat. He said, here, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. We see that your debt can also be reduced. 
It was one thing. And because of the favor of God, that debt was reduced. How many of you could take a reduced debt today? Uh, a reduced payment today, a, a reduced note today, a, a reduced bill today. I'm telling you, God wants to eliminate our debt. And we have scriptural precedent and scriptural reference for God canceling debt, for God eliminating debt through forgiveness, through paying off the debt and debts being reduced. Say, my debt is being reduced right now. Now, in the, in, there is what I'm going to call a pre-debt free confession, because we're going to make some confessions here. But I want you to see something here in Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23, very powerful passage of scripture. Jesus says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, what I want you to notice here is we're talking about a mountain. And a mountain is anything that's overwhelming, anything that is hopeless, anything that's insurmountable, anything that is big in your eyes. And Jesus is saying, this is how you treat the mountain. He says three times in this passage of scripture, you speak to the mountain. Three times in this passage of scripture, he says, talk to the mountain. Three times in this passage of scripture, he wants you to say something to the mountain. But understand this, only one time did he mention to believe. One time believe, he says, if you believe in your heart, but three times he says, I want you to talk to it. So he wants you to Speak to it three times more than you believe it. <laughs> uh, that, what, what does that mean? Sometimes you got to speak to it and cause what you're saying to change your mind about it so you can start believing it. See, what people are doing, they're waiting to believe before they speak. But sometimes you got to start speaking and then your belief will follow what you're saying. Your ears are open to hear what your mouth is saying and you'll start believing what you're saying. This is how you deal with liars. Liars believe what they say because they say the same thing all the time. And you're like, that is not true. And they say, yes, it is. It's not true. And they, they've convinced themselves because they've said it so much. They've tapped into a law here, a law of speaking and believing, believing and speaking. And if we can begin to take our bills, take our debt, take our payments and our notes, and if we're behind and grab them and begin to put them in front of you and speak to it. Mountain, I call you to be moved in Jesus' name. Bill, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. House, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Car, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. Student loans, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. Medical bills, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. You begin to speak to the mountain. Now, in Zechariah 4, 7, Zechariah 4, 7, I, I love this. I saw this today and... and um. It just ministered to me. It says, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zebra, you shall become a plain, 
And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Now, let me break this down for you. It says, who are you, O great mountain? Now, remember, a mountain is something that is insurmountable, large, hopeless, uh, discouraging, something that is in the way. He says, who are you? Now, he's talking to the mountain. Who are you, large, bill, debt? Who are you? Before Zebrable, and I, and I put in my notes here, say your name. So before Devon, say your name. Before, say your name. You shall become a plain. Now pause here. This mountain is now going to become a flat plain because you're speaking to it now. And so before Devon, you shall become a plain. That mountain's going to be gone because we're talking to it. And I love it. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Now, what does grace, grace mean? What have we learned this month about grace, grace? Favor, favor. And it says, so when you start looking at the mountain, start talking to the mountain and begin to say to the mountain, favor, favor to the mountain. Glory to God. Matter of fact, grab your bill right now. Get your bill in your hand. Get your bill. Get it in your hand. And this says here that we are supposed to shout to this mountain. Now, I've got people's bills in my hand. I got mine, and there's bills that people have sent me in, and I'm standing with you. If you're watching online, worshiping with us online, get a bill in your hand. And this verse says that we're supposed to shout favor, favor to it. Are you ready to shout to the bill? Get a hold of your bill. You ready? Matter of fact, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You ready? We're going to shout favor, favor to the bill. You ready? One, two, three. Favor, favor. Come on, let's shout it again. One, two, three. Favor, favor. One more time. One, two, three. Favor, favor to the bill. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo, glory be to God. Favor, favor to the bill. When you get your bills, grab them. Don't be like biting your nails. This is me, okay? I'm telling me, I'll be biting my nails. My wife's like, what? Oh, are you paying the bills right now? Why do you say that? Because you biting your nails. I didn't even realize that I was biting my nails. I never bite my nails. But when I, I do the bills in our home and she, she knows when I'm doing the bills, I'm biting my nails. No, no, no. No more biting your nails. Then bills come in. You shout favor, favor to the bill. Favor, favor to the bill. What does that mean? I'm going to get preferential treatment where this bill is concerned. It's going to be excessive kindness taking place. God's going to support and aid this, and God's going to take care of this. One more time, shout favor, favor to the bill. Favor, favor. Hallelujah to the bill. Now, listen, I need your participation. I want you to say some things. You got your bills in your hand? I want you to say some things. You got to release your faith because we got to talk to these bills now. Too often, these bills have been talking to us. And I'm tired of the bill talking to me. I don't know about you, but the bill has a loud voice. And it be calling my name and be trying to keep me up at night. But we're going to talk to the bills, praise God. And the bills are going to hear from us. So are you ready? We're going to say a lot of stuff, so don't get tired. Are you going to get tired? All right, we're going to say a lot of stuff. Say it after me. We, the body of believers at True Life Fellowship Church. Declare that we are sons and daughters of El Shaddai. The God of abundance and no lack. We call these debts paid in full. In Jesus' name. And on the authority of his holy word. 
debt, we speak to you in Jesus' name. Be paid and be gone. Dematerialize and cease to exist. We call these notes reduced, paid in full, canceled, and forgiven. We declare that we are debt free. We declare that we are debt free. The spirit of debt is destroyed over our lives. And over this local church. Because of the anointing. We are the lender. And not the borrower. The head. And not the tail. We are blessed coming in. And blessed going out. The Father daily loads us with benefits and causes his blessings to overtake us. Now, don't get tired. Don't get tired. Are you still with me? Wealth and riches are in our house. And we increase more and more. God has given us the power to get wealth to establish his kingdom here on the earth. We are plenteous in goods. For God has given us richly all things to enjoy. The blessing of the Lord has made us rich. Adding no sorrow with it. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And Abraham's blessings belong to us. We walk in God's wisdom. Exercising sound judgment and stewardship over this wealth. We sow bountifully. Therefore, we reap bountifully. We give and it is given unto us. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. We owe no man anything but love. We owe no man anything but love. The devourer is rebuked for our sakes and cannot destroy our fruit. We are the debt-free redeemed of the Lord. And we say so in Jesus' name. Now shout about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you. And remember to love, learn, live, and lead.